This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice within for another week. Quite a few years ago, James Twyman was here in Hamilton. We had him and he came and launched his film Indigo Evolution. And he disappeared before the show and we couldn't find him because we were going to have a karaoke to, to start the programme. Anyway, he turned up after a while and then later on when he came to do his presentation, he pulled out this piece of paper and it was... he. He'd been in the toilet and he'd channeled a message about New Zealand because he was so blown away by the energies of New Zealand when he arrived at the airport. We picked him up at two o'clock in the morning and he was just blown away with the energies of New Zealand. Anyway, his prediction was that New Zealand would start the revolution. The sound for the new energy would start in New Zealand. And then the other day... This arrived um, through the email, like stuff does, that I pick up. And this is a piece from An- uh, Anwin Hanam, um, known as Anwin Vive. And um, she also channels. So this is a sort of... It explains a bit about what James was talking about. And it's called New Zealand and the Atlantean Law of Oneness. Why New Zealand is the largest unintensified old energies. So on October the 30th, 21, the day that citizens of New Zealand will engage in civil disobedience to gather in large groups to protest the draconian response to the COVID-19 virus in their country. My guides had lured me out of my warm snug bed to write this as a background to why New Zealand seems to be the focus of the residual but intense pockets of dark old energies at this present time. It has become clear to many in New Zealand, and perhaps even more so to those living overseas, who can view this more objectively, that our once celebrated Prime Minister has become a figure of great concern. Jacinda Ardern rose like a pop star in the international political arena, as one of the world's youngest leaders, and as a new mother, she stole the hearts of New Zealand, myself included, with a warm, friendly, sensible style of leadership. In 2019, she gained worldwide accolades for a compassionate response to a gunman shooting in rampage in Christchurch Mosque, even donning a burqa to show her support for the grieving families. But her overreactive, uncompromising blanket response of demanding that all New Zealand gun owners hand in their weapons to the police was the first sign of things to come. Now, just two years later, since winning acclaim as the world's most compassionate and kind politician, we have a woman leading a world 
leading one of the world's most admired countries in a dictatorial style. On the relentless campaign to vaccinate 90% of the population using coercive and manipulative strategies, her approach has been exceedingly divisive to the point of gleefully acknowledging that New Zealand will indeed go forward as having two classes of people, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. In a clearest parallel to the article of Mr Trump who divided this country while making America great again, Ms Adam and Ms Ardern seems bent on the same divisiveness while making New Zealand small again. The country is teetering towards economic and social collapse as families, communities and even mention of the two islands being separated, largely through the narrative of government-funded journalism and enforced isolation from the rest of the world. I'm sure you all have your personal beliefs from a political, moral and medical and human rights perspective and I honour and respect each and every point of view. I would like to explore the current situation in New Zealand from my spiritual perspective, speaking from my current level of awareness. You will see that it's nothing to do with the pandemic and vaccinations. This story begins in the ancient times of Lemuria, when New Zealand was one of the many South Pacific islands that surviving Lemurians settled on after their main continent sank some 12,000 years ago. According to Judith Asori in her book Sunshine Before the Dawn, New Zealand played a special role at that time because it was an especially sacred place that only the most evolved Lemurian priests and priestesses could visit. This was because the divine light of Mother Earth of our planet was received, anchored and dispensed from here. The Lemurians were the ancestor of our Palladian family who contributed to the Divine Mother Feminine Energies to Earth, whereas our family from Sirius contributed to the Divine Father Masculine Energies and their civilization was known as Atlantis. These two highly evolved civilizations were intended to emerge on Earth as a balanced blend of the feminine and masculine energies and principles, and although this occurred to a degree, it wasn't fully achieved. The minority of the Atlantean priesthood had failed to embrace the Lemurian feminine energies which are the way of the heart and allowed their egoistic minds to take them down a pathway of knowing what is best for the entire planet. They planned to use their advanced crystalline technology to bring the planet under their control which completely contravened their underpinning law of their civilization, the Atlantean law of oneness. The Lemurians did their best to prevent this from happening over many centuries, but eventually relationships broke down and a war ensued. It is said that the technology created earthquakes and tsunami, causing a huge continent of Lemuria to sink overnight, while Atlantis sank over a period of time. Returning to the role of New Zealand, Judy Satori was told by her guides at the time of writing her book that New Zealand was the last place where the Lemurian light was put out and that it would be the first place on earth to relight it. Now let's look at the law of oneness, a concept often spoken of in, in spiritual circles but possibly not yet fully understood primarily because it is a multi-dimensional concept that, uh, that only transcends our human concepts of time and space but completely transcends our required human nature. 
The law of oneness is the interconnectedness of all things in every possible sense because the foundational premise is that all things originate from the source. Father, Mother, Creator, God, whatever your favourite word is. It's that simple. But because humanity is still operating from their human nature, they do not subscribe to oneness in its totality. But they will be able to when they have raised their consciousness to the multidimensional levels again. And that is when we will have true peace and harmony once more on Earth. Meantime, humanity has been operating from a premise of separation, polarity, duality and so forth. Because it, is, because it is the paradigm associated with the levels of awareness we have been functioning within for many centuries now. Although the Lemurians and Lantians were multidimensional consciousness of the planet gradually devolved after the two nations ended, and this is often referred to as the Fall. Now we are reclaiming that multidimensionality, and this is referred to as the Shift, because it requires a huge upward shift of our consciousness. What we are seeing on the planet is a dismantling of the lower levels of consciousness as we prepare to shift up to higher levels. Part of that preparation are energy structures that need to be reinstalled at the planetary level, like new software needed to run on a new version of a program. This includes the energy structure for the law of oneness to be re-established on the planet. The energy formula for the law of oneness was received in Auckland, New Zealand during the March equinox of 2016. It was received during a weekend workshop called The New Song of Atlantis. When visiting Singaporean channel Amara Tia An, received extraordinary information about Atlantis from Archangels Michael and Metatron, with a lot of input from Thoth, the Atlantean. As a co-facilitator, my role was to receive and share the codes of sound as light language, tones and songs. Rael also received and dispersed codes through his cello, and Gail Taylor received symbols as fire letters, which further supported this process. Raoul and I were told that we had been appointed guardians of the knowledge and codes, that we, but we were not to share them until prompted by our guides. Exactly one year later, the call came, and we were asked to hold an event in Wellington during the March equinox of 2017. We were to find a place in Wellington, which is sited at the southern end of the North Island, from where we could see the South Island. We chose the rugged Breaker Bay from where the Kaikoura Mountains could be seen. Our instructions were, were to anchor a crystalline shield of oneness over New Zealand, which would, would unite both main islands as one. Just days before the event, an unprecedented number of whales beached themselves on the uppermost edges of the South Island, opposite Wellington. I intuitively received that these beautiful creatures, whales originate from Sirius, were anchoring their codes between the two islands to unite them. In my mind's eye, I was shown a crystalline gossamer substance over the Cook Strait that lies between the two islands. Remember that the majority of Atlantis was populated by the Syrians, thus the mighty input from the ancient whales. As the event got underway, we became aware of the wind which had begun to swirl and howl around our little wooden venue. The doors and windows were rattling, creating a terrific din. 
Ra was kept busy keeping these disruptive energies at bay while I shared the relevant knowledge with our group of 20 people who had come from far and, right, far and wide. When it was time to work outdoors within the exact time of the equinox at 11.30pm the wind suddenly dropped away as if it had given up and the night became perfectly still. The ceremony was completed by channeling the energy formulas again and directing it all over New Zealand. Two weeks later, I read an article by excited geologists who could confirm that New Zealand was part of an ancient continent that extended all the way to New Caledonia. The two islands were not separated at all, simply submerged to appear that way. As above, so below. Then, more instructions, this time to create a shield of oneness over England anchoring it through Glastonbury, which would send the energy formula all over the planet, being the heart chakra of the Earth. This, also, this was also accomplished in 2017, just three days before summer solstice as requested by Spirit. We hired the lovely Mary Magdalene Chapel, which is directly opposite the ruins of Glastonbury Abbey. I can't describe how fulfilling that was to reinstall the energies of oneness to the very place that had been so purposefully steeped in divisiveness for centuries. New Zealand and Glastonbury seemed to be energetically entangled in many ways, and this was yet another. So, returning now to why New Zealand is feeling the full impact of the old divisive energies at this pivotal time in our humanity's spiritual evolution, let's join some dots as we understand New Zealand to have been the last Lemurian outpost of light on the planet, and is des destined to be the first place where that light will return. Judy Sartori also says that Christchurch is destined to become the first city of light. The Atlantean law of oneness was returned to the planet in New Zealand, which means the energy blueprint is held here. Do you think that might be reason enough for the old energies to make a concerted effort here, in God's own? Whatever we do in New Zealand, and anywhere on the planet, we must do in the spirit of oneness. That, dear hearts, is our most powerful and expedient way forward. Stand up, speak out, but please do it in peace, love and oneness, because the planet is once again united with those energies. The old ways are unsustainable and will naturally fade away, so long as we don't unwittingly continue to breathe life into them. If you are reading this in the northern hemisphere while the Kiwis are still sleeping, although the feathery ones are awake. Please hold on to your prayers and meditations and visualise a shield of oneness over the entire planet. Thank you. Namaste. The God in me sees the God in you.
Clarkson us off Botanica album all about Mother Earth. Now Patricia Coda Robles, um, she's just come up her latest one is called Opportunities in the Embrace of the Eclipse series. So we know there's a whole load of eclipses and stuff going on all over November, December. 
Well, this is her thoughts on it. Hi, Precious Heart. Thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. This week, on November 25th in the United States of America, we will celebrate Thanksgiving Day. We consider Thanksgiving to be the beginning of our holy holiday season. It is a time when, hopefully, we set aside our differences and open our hearts in unconditional ways. On this special day, millions of people simultaneously turn their attention to the people, places, conditions, and things they are grateful for in their lives. This focus of attention creates a collective cup of consciousness that allows the divine quality of gratitude to expand in powerful ways through all life on this sweet earth. This year, that expansion of gratitude is being greatly intensified by the building momentum of light we are being blessed with during the eclipse series we are currently experiencing. The beings of light shared with us in vlog 244 that with the monumental shifts of energy, vibration, and consciousness that have taken place within the earthly experiences of humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth so far in 2021, the way has been paved for a greatly accelerated purging of humanity's obsolete paradigms. They said this purging specifically involves the dismantling, the crumbling away, and the dissolving of myriad social structures that have manipulated, controlled, and suppressed the masses of humanity for eons of time. Even though this may sound ominous, the fact that these grossly mutated structures, which have caused so much pain and suffering for humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth, are now being dismantled at this accelerated pace, is actually wonderful news. This is an essential facet of Earth's ascension process. The Company of Heaven said that lightworkers can assist in making this essential facet of the divine plan as gentle as possible by taking advantage of the opportunities we will be presented with during the remaining weeks of 2021. They revealed that during the 40-day period from November 11th through the solstice on December 20th and 21st in 2021, we will experience several powerful opportunities to add to the light of the world. These opportunities will occur through the influxes of light from both celestial and global events. The building momentum of the current eclipse series and the influx of gratitude that will bless all life on Earth this week are providing each of us with the opportunity to add to the light of the world in very powerful ways through our individual and collective light work. As an expression of our Father Mother God's gratitude for our willingness to selflessly serve as the hands of God in the world of form during this cosmic moment, 
Our beloved God parents want us to once again focus on the truth of our divine missions during this unprecedented time. As you listen to these words, your I am presence will awaken within the flame of illumined truth in your heart of hearts, a greater inner knowing of why you are on earth at this time. The divine intent of this sharing from the realms of illumined truth is to empower what each and every one of us has volunteered to do individually and collectively to add to the light of the world during Mother Earth's ascension process. For lifetimes, our I Am Presence has guided us through myriad experiences designed to strengthen us and to prepare us to be able to stay focused on the light in the face of all adversity. This is the moment for which we have all been preparing. It is through our unified efforts that humanity will transcend the surfacing negativity. Together, we will assist this precious planet and all her life to God victoriously complete her ascension up the spiral of evolution into the full embrace of the new earth. Each and every one of us has uniquely prepared for this moment. The myriad lifetimes and lessons we have individually experienced since we were first breathed forth from the heart of our Father Mother God form a golden thread of light. Each of us individually volunteered to weave our golden thread of light into the tapestry of life that will form the new earth. When the clarion call was sent forth from our Father Mother God, asking for volunteers to embody on earth, to assist with this facet of the divine plan, we each answered the call. Billions of additional souls volunteered as well to weave their golden thread of light into this particular tapestry for the new earth. But they were not selected. Our Father Mother God chose us because they felt that our individual and collective experiences had a better chance of succeeding in the unprecedented experiment unfolding on Earth. The fact that we were chosen had nothing to do with us being more special or more evolved than our sisters and brothers who were turned away. It simply meant that this mission would be challenging and that our Father Mother God felt that with our experience, our willingness to serve, and our tenacity, we had a better chance of staying focused on the light during the difficult purging process the Earth was destined to go through. While the company of heaven wants each and every one of us to understand now is that the tapestry of life and the new earth 
will be incomplete without all of our golden threads of light. In spite of what we may believe about ourselves or how inadequate we may feel when it comes to being a light worker, no one's golden thread is any more important than another person's golden thread. Every person's golden thread of life is critical to the success of this holy endeavor involving Earth's ascension in the light. It is for this very reason that our Father, Mother, God and the company of heaven have co-created a new contingency plan destined to empower and expand every person's light work. This contingency plan is flowing into the mental and emotional strata of Earth. This sacred knowledge is available for each and every one of us to tap into. All we have to do is raise our consciousness above the chaos in the outer world and focus on the light. As the accelerated purging of humanity's obsolete paradigms progresses, the pain and suffering that humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth are experiencing will begin to subside. Then, even the most asleep sons and daughters of God will be able to lift their heads above the chaos effectively enough to tap into the patterns of perfection for the new contingency plan. When this occurs, people everywhere will remember who they are and why they are on earth during this auspicious moment. Then they will once again reconnect with their I am presence and complete their mission of co-creating the new earth. Dear one, the patterns of perfection for the new contingency plan must be magnetized from the mental and emotional strata of Earth into the physical plane through the thoughts, words, feelings, actions, and beliefs of the sons and daughters of God abiding on Earth. These patterns include the archetypes for the viable solutions for the maladies on Earth, as well as the exquisite heart-based patterns of perfection you and I and the rest of awakening humanity will co-create for the new Earth. We are in the midst of an incredibly powerful 40-day period. Please go within and take the time to reach into the higher frequencies of unity consciousness. There will you will be blessed with the sacred knowledge of the patterns of perfection contained in the new contingency plan. God bless you. I look forward to being with you next week.
Beginnings of all beginnings. Might have been good all that one. Off of uh, Medicine Woman 6. So you've heard all about the eclipses and stuff that's going on. Now as our friend Pam Gregory. Um, because there's another eclipse coming up early in December. Hi everyone, Pam Gregory, astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today um, about the first half of December and the total solar eclipse that we have coming up in Sagittarius on the 3rd or the 4th, depending on where in the world you live. Okay, let's talk about the astrology now. A lot to say because clearly we are in intense um, eclipse energy. We were feeling it. All of us are feeling it. The energy has been, I think, incredible for many of us. And I'll talk more about that a little bit later in the video. But we start the month on the 1st with Neptune moving stationary direct at 20 degrees, 24 minutes of Pisces. Now, when a planet moves stationary direct, its symbolism is magnified, not just for that day, but for several days to either side. We'll be feeling that. So what that means is that the symbolism of Neptune will be increased and amplified. So let's think about what the symbolism of, of Neptune is. It's anything to do with water, liquids, oil, pollution, toxicity, leaks, leaks of all kinds, you know, physical leaks, but leaks of information. Um, it's very connected to the media. It's connected to illusion, delusion, hypnosis. It's connected to drugs, pharmaceutical products, 
It's also very, very positively connected to imagination, creativity. It can bring with it a really big spiritual surge, a surge towards connection to source and to unconditional love. So it can be a, a really beautiful spiritual energy. And this will give us a glimpse, I think, of what that important Jupiter-Neptune conjunction next year on April the 12th is going to be about, because equally that will expand the Neptune symbolism. So we'll get an idea of what may happen then. But as I say, we'll feel it several days to either side. Now, I think the wonderful thing about understanding some even basic astrological um, language is that if you're starting to see or experience yourself the, the less positive aspects, then you can say, mm-hmm, that's Neptune. I'm going to choose to express it as creativity, spirituality. I'm going to express it at the highest level. This is going to be particularly interesting, um, in, important in the US, I think, because transiting Neptune is opposing the US natal Neptune. US natal Neptune in 1776 was at 22 degrees of Virgo. So this transiting Neptune is opposing it and will increasingly do so as it moves direct over the next few months. And in terms of moving direct, apart from Uranus, which moves direct on the 18th of January, we now have all of the planets moving direct. Venus moves retrograde on the 19th of December, but I'll talk more about that next time. So they're all moving direct, which is very different from a few months ago. And this can give a feeling of momentum and a lot of un events starting to unfold quite quickly. And I think we're going to see that really quite rapidly in the coming months. There's no doubt about that. Now, this total solar eclipse happens on the 3rd of December at 11.42 p.m. Pacific, so just a short time before midnight. And then it happens at 7.42 a.m. UK time on the 4th. It's at 12 degrees, 21 minutes of Sagittarius. So see where 12 degrees, 21 minutes of Sagittarius falls in your chart. If you don't know, you can download a free birth chart from my website. And then if you go to this, sorry, the, the link below, I put the link below now in the description. You can buy a two-part video series from my store, and that will explain right from zero how you find these points in your chart and what it means for you with every up, update I do. So, this is very interesting again for the US. I know I'm talking about the US a great deal at the moment, but all eyes on the US because whatever unfolds there in the coming months, and I think there's going to be a great deal over the coming months and indeed the next two years for the US, is going to ripple out across the world. This total solar eclipse at 12 degrees, 21 minutes of Sagittarius is exactly on the ascendant of the US at 12 degrees, 22 minutes of Sagittarius. So it's within one minute of exactitude. Now, the ascendant of a person or a country is about its identity, the way it, it's projected to the world or a person is projected to the world. So this to me is we're just entering also the US Pluto return when transiting Pluto after 246 years is going to come back to its so-called natal place, its 1776 place. 4th of July, 1776, that this total solar eclipse is another indicator of this very big new beginning for the US. I think this is an entirely new episode for the US as well as for the world.
it's going to be a rebirthing for the US as we go through, not just on one day, I want to say really loudly and clearly, eclipses don't happen, well, they do happen technically on one day, but they have a broad span of influence up to a month above, uh, before the date of the eclipse and up to six months later. So don't just think it's for the day. It's a very, we've got another six months to go after this, and we're still under the influence of this very important, because it's the, it's only the second total solar eclipse this year. It's the, it's the last eclipse actually in, in Sagittarius for nine years, because then the nodes move into Taurus and Scorpio for another 18 months, and then we have eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. And by the way, if you look at your chart in terms of where Taurus and Scorpio fall in those houses, those houses will be activated for you for the 18 months really starting in January. So that's interesting to watch as well for an 18-month period. But coming back to um, the US, I also feel it's very interesting that if we go back to 9-11, Pluto was exactly at this degree. Transiting Pluto was on the US ascendant for 9-11, and Sagittarius, of course, is linked to flight. So that just came into my head as I was thinking about doing this video, and that, that seemed relevant in some way. So we will see what unfolds. But don't forget to set a new intention. Great time to do it at the new moon, and this is a very, very important new moon. Set a new intention for yourself, for what you want to manifest in your life, but also don't forget to set an intention for new earth. We are well into that new earth energy already. It's gathering momentum. But I think the beginning of this new episode for the US, it is about a rebirth for the country. It's potentially about a spiritual rebirth, ultimately. But it's about a redefinition of the US. And I believe that is going to be economic, political, constitutional, and maybe even geographic, what comprises the US? That's my very strong feeling about this. So we shall see how the months and next couple of years unfold, because that Pluto return is going to be operational for another two years through 22 and 23. So very big times indeed. Now, what I'd like to do is now share my screen for, um, for this total solar eclipse. Again, I'm going to be looking at time zone of England. So please ignore the houses or the clock face of the chart unless you actually live in England. But let's take a look because there's a, a lot to say about this. Just actually, just before I get to that, um, I want to talk about something else that's super important at this total solar eclipse. It's... Um, it is conjunct something called the Great Attractor, which is at 14 degrees of Sagittarius. I've talked months ago, I talked about the Great Attractor. And the real expert on this, um, who is a wonderful astrologer and researcher, is Philip Sedgwick. And, and I'll put a link again below in the description where you can read what he says about the Great Attractor because um, it's, it's really fascinating. And I'm quoting here from... Philip Sedgwick, he talks about it as a, as a massive galactic anomaly. It is this huge force in space, this massive, massive cosmic force. 
which is receding. This goes backwards at, at phenomenal speed. It, it, it's moving backwards at 600 kilometers a second. And it sucks galaxies in its wake. Our galaxy, many other galaxies. So it is like a, a gigantic cosmic vacuum cleaner, if you like. There's a feeling of, of cleansing and clearing with this energy that, that's also emphasized actually by Sagittarius, which I'll come on to. But this feels like really kind of original creative creator energy for the universe. This is what we use, this energy, to create our world. And if you have any um, planets or angles around 14 degrees of Sagittarius within a very tight orb, two degrees either side, there's often a sense of precognition or being able to see around corners because one of the effects of this incredible gravitational pull that the great attractor has is that it, it literally bends light literally bends light, which enables this quality of sort of seeing around corners, this precognition. So be aware of that, because I've seen that again and again in, in, in people's charts, clients' charts. So be very aware of that. It's a very powerful point in your chart. So it, it has this tremendous energy of cleansing, of clearing, of the old, and old I'm going to, again, explain in a moment, but it's also massively downloading energy to us to create the new, which is super exciting. And this is really one of the big themes of this total solar eclipse. So what is Sagittarius associated with its symbolism? Well, it's about truth. It's about freedom. It's about justice. It's very much around belief systems. And it's interesting that I've talked a lot over the last few months about this theme of endings and beginnings. Um, and whenever we have an eclipse, the moon has to be very close to either the north node or the south node. The north node is our future collective destiny. The south node is our past collective. What we've, what we've already, the ground we've already covered, if you like. Now, the lunar eclipse on the 19th of November that was a north node eclipse. So although it was a lunar eclipse, a closure, a completion, it was also bringing in the new because it was conjunct the north node. Here we have the opposite. We have a total solar eclipse, big new moon, new beginning, but it's conjunct the south node in Sagittarius. So surge towards the new, but actually very much cleansing, clearing and shedding the old, particularly, I believe, around belief systems. And these could be belief systems that you've held for many, many years, maybe your entire lifetime, could be your whole lifetime. But now is the time to shed them because in the letting go of the old belief systems, by definition, we, we, we step into a new paradigm because it's our belief systems that define our world, define our reality. So this is, is, I think, one of the most powerful things about this total solar eclipse. And let me just also now, what I want to say is really that um, we're moving towards, we're moving towards new systems that support freedom, support truth, higher consciousness, and wisdom. 
These are the principles on which we're going to build new earth. And so very much around Sagittarius energy. Now, also what supports what I've been talking about is um, this is set for London, so it's set for UK time. As I say, ignore the houses, ignore the clock face. But what I, what I will just point out, and I'm going to come on to it a little bit later, see the sun and moon here, totally conjunct, that's the solar eclipse, very close to the ascendant of London, of the UK. And that suggests that this eclipse will be very important for the UK and many other countries I'm going to come on to mention. Whenever planets or an eclipse become angular, what's known as angular, very close to particularly the ascendant or the midheaven, that throws potentially that country into prominence of having a greater probability of expressing the eclipse energy. So, hope I'm making sense of um, So, sun and moon are in a very tight quincunx, this dotted line, to Uranus at 11.38 of Taurus. So, again, this is bringing this fresh energy of freedom, truth, the future, the galactic, higher mind. And I've often said in the past that Uranus represents very high level frequency energy, electromagnetic energy that's coming in bursts. It's not steady. It's coming in waves and bursts. And that's exactly, of course, what the Earth is and, and we are all as humanity experiencing right now. There's a freshness, there's a newness uh, we, as we all become upgraded as well. So Uranus was the sky god, that's why it's linked with aviation too, but it is this, this surging sense of, of the future, of the new, of the galactic. We're stepping more and more into becoming galactic citizens. And what also has the feeling of, of surging energy is that we have Mars at 2340 of Scorpio in its own very tight quincunx, another dotted line here to Eris. This is Eris at 2348 of Aries. So that's within eight minutes of exactitude. And both of these are warrior energies. I see Eris really as the higher octave of Mars, known as sister of Mars in myth. And they are both fighter energy. They're warrior energies, again, for the truth and also for individuality because Mars represents the individual and Eris very much is fighting for all of the individuals, fighting for equality, nobody excluded, nobody marginalized. I think we're experiencing a lot of that kind of thing in society right now. Eris won't put up with that. That's why she's been in this long-term square to Pluto. Going to challenge anyone who's excluded from mainstream society. And I'm sure you understand my meaning here. So human rights, freedoms, big time coming to the fore. And that's emphasized again uh, by Jupiter here. That's in quite a close sextile to Eris. So this is about new social visions, new social networks, new social structures coming to light. We also, with this, this kind of surging energy, have a sense of crusading because Mars at 23 of Scorpio is in a square to Jupiter at 25 of Aquarius. Whenever you get hard aspects between Mars and Jupiter, there's a sense of kind of jumping on your horse and going off to the Crusades to, to fight for your belief systems. 
So this is wonderful. This is very, very positive. However, just just be aware, we've got Mars also in um, a trine to Pisces at 20 of 20 of Pisces. So this can bring in a lot of idealism, both Aquarius and, and Pisces are signs of idealism, as is Sagittarius, actually, as well. A sense of idealism, but just be sure of your facts, because with, with Neptune, there can sometimes be a slippage of facts at the lower expression. Things aren't quite as they seem. A little bit of slippage there, so be aware of that. Um, because also here we have Mercury right on the galactic center, uh, sorry, the correction, great attractor. And that is also in a square to Neptune. So this is brilliant for your imagination, your creativity. I also want to say, by the way, something I, I, um, I omitted to mention when I was talking about Neptune becoming stationary direct. And by the way, we are still under the influence of that Neptunian cloud, if you like, of its station as, as we go into this total solar eclipse. Neptune is very much about your dreams. So if you don't already, a great time around the beginning of the month to keep a dream diary and equally over this total solar eclipse. In fact, really all through this period of massive change for us. Fantastic to tune into your dreams because it's your own higher guidance. It's nobody else's, it's yours. And that really is what, what really is what these layers of truth are about, because not only do we have, as I say, Mercury square to Neptune, fabulous for creativity, imagination, dreams. Again, there can be a slight slippage in what's true. And I haven't written it in here, but Black Moon Lilith is at 14 of Gemini, again opposing the solar eclipse. So Black Moon Lilith in Gemini, another astrologer, sadly I forget her name, but she's quite wonderful, has described this as the ministry of truth. So again, we have layers of truth. What's true, what's not? What's smoke and mirrors? What's disinformation? What's misinformation? And ultimately, all of that is to bring us back to self. All of that. To check in with our own intuition, our dreams, our higher guidance, our meditations, our muscle testing, our dowsing, whatever you use that is your, you know, your alignment to the truth. That's really important here. But I think this total solar eclipse, as well as the Neptune station on the first, the, they will be giving us glimpses of that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that all the astrologers are going to be talking about next April. The... Um, Looking at the astrocartography of, of this total solar eclipse as well, let me just um, stop sharing the screen now. I think those are main things I want to talk about. Um, the total solar eclipse, very unlike the, the partial lunar eclipse, which was, I think, the longest in over 500 years, this is um, going to be less than two minutes. It's total, but it's less than two minutes. And the eclipse path falls principally over Antarctica, also over the southern tip of South Africa, South America, and also over New Zealand and Australia. And very often where the eclipse path falls in the coming months, remember it's operational for another six months, we see more specific manifestations of what I've been talking about here. 
So, for instance, if we go back to August 2017, we had a total solar eclipse. You may well remember this. And it went east-west, straight across America. A lot of astrologers were talking about it was cutting America in half. And you may just ask yourself, has there been a lot of polarity and division in America since that time? And I think that's that was very much connected to that total solar eclipse. So as this is, is very much over Antarctica, that may suggest more big earth changes happening over the coming months with Uranus in Taurus until 2026. I think that's extremely likely to be the case. So, but also, as I say, New Zealand and Australia that are very much in the news, having an incredibly tough time, as well as other areas right now. This may be a, a strong sense of a new beginning happening there for them. Total solar eclipse, big new beginning. If we look at the astrocartography, which is different to the eclipse path of this solar eclipse, and what the astrocartography does is, in its at its simplest, if these if the solar eclipse, the sun and moon were to leave a shadow falling across the Earth, particularly when they became angular on a geography, what geographies would be highlighted? I know this is a little bit technical, but just kind of go with me for the meaning. So the total solar eclipse will be conjunct the IC, the base of the chart, the land, the home base, running kind of south to north, up through California, some of the Western US, and up straight north through Western Canada. These total solar eclipses conjunct the ascendant, as we've just seen with our London chart, our UK chart, through the UK and also through a lot of Western Europe. It is also conjunct the midheaven. Those midheaven represents the governments of countries through um, Kazakhstan, through Eastern Iran and Western India. And if we look at where the Mars of this total solar eclipse falls that is significant, it is conjunct the midheaven of Saudi Arabia. So remember, Mars is assertion or aggression or whatever. So those are some interesting geographies. Not all of them will come into the news. Not all of them will come into prominence. But remember that astrology is a language of mathematical probability. So it is more probable that some of those geographies will come into the news. Now, Capricorn for everybody has been a very activated area of your chart. So see where Capricorn, which house Capricorn falls in your chart, because you may remember that at the beginning of 2020, we had Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto in Capricorn, or really of, of last year, 2020, those planets were there. Pluto is still there, but Jupiter and Saturn have now moved out. So there's been a lot of planetary activity and activation around there. We now have Venus in Capricorn, and I'll be talking more about this in the next video. But Venus is going to stay in Capricorn until early March next year. It's going to become conjunct to Pluto on the 11th of December. Then again, on Christmas Day, 25th of December, the day after the third and exact Saturn Uranus square, by the way, talk more about that next time. Uh, and then again on the 3rd of March. So because of its retrograde motion, Venus will stay in Capricorn a long time and again, activate this area of your chart. 
Capricorn is about governments, it's about big institutions, it's about banking, big business. Venus in its rulership of Taurus is about currencies and values. Values highlighted again. And values are highlighted because of Uranus being in Taurus, radical shift in values until 2026. But even looking back two years ago, how much have your values changed from two years ago? I bet they've changed a lot. I know mine have, and pretty much everybody I know, that's the case. So be aware of that too. And be aware that this total solar eclipse, powerful eclipses like this, particularly solar eclipses, which are big new beginnings. I mean, if a if a solar eclipse falls on your sun or your ascendant, that can jump you into prominence, can be super positive. And eclipses in general are always a bit of a jump. They're a bit of a wild card. They're not, they're not steady or predictable. So it can be a sudden new opportunity or a sudden change of circumstance where you are jumped back onto your path of destiny, particularly if you've strayed from it. So, they can be quite exciting. They're often big, big, big endings and beginnings. This is particularly a, a big beginning as the old is, is let go, particularly around belief systems, remember. And just oh, welcome it. Welcome this, this higher sense of truth, wisdom, higher consciousness, the future, the law, justice, all of those things are related to Sagittarius. Welcome that in because the old world was built on fear. New earth, we're going to build with love and that's already happening and it's gathering momentum with every day. And I said a few months ago that when astrologers work, and I work exactly this way as well, that just like um, meteorologists or economists, you're looking at previous cycles. What happened last time? Therefore, what can we expect? What can we project will happen this time with, with very similar cycles? So, yes, of course, we have all that going on, but there's a very big difference right now, an added dimension that we have never had before in, or certainly in thousands of years, because the as I've mentioned many times, the Earth is moving through the photon belt. We are getting surges of photonic energy and light. I can see that very bright white light. People can feel it. People are getting physical symptoms, you know, extreme headaches, extreme tiredness, insomnia, wired to the mains, dizziness, tinnitus, because every cell in our body is being upgraded super quickly to accommodate, to be in resonance with this new high frequency energy, and it's coming in bursts. It's not steady. It'd be easier if it was steady. It's coming in uranium bursts. Look at the Schumann resonance. Follow somebody reliable and knowledgeable on the Schumann resonance. You can track it. I mean, huge peaks. And I want to say, really, with the, um, you know, really think of Uranus as that electromagnetic energy, that tight, very tight quincunx to this total solar eclipse, this, these are surges of upgrade that we're having, surges of upgrade, surges of light that we are able increasingly to hold in our bodies. We're increasingly able to hold a higher quotient of light in our bodies. We are stepping into our light bodies as the weeks and months go by. It's, it's really exciting. 
And so that is the, the, the new dimension we've never had before. And that is something so incredibly powerful and absolutely unstoppable. That's what's taking us towards new earth. So as I said a few months ago, and I think it's going to become my kind of mantra, really, the light is the game changer and love is the checkmate. So really hope that helps you. I know we're going, to, we're going through incredibly tough times, many parts of the world. I'm completely aware of that. But we get through it by try not to attach to fear. Try to focus on love because that will accelerate a better world towards us. It truly will. And these grim, grim months are not going to last forever. I see it actually as going over the pivot of a seesaw. That's how I'm feeling it right now. We're going over the pivot of a seesaw in these next three, four, five months. That's how I see it. And once we start to get over that tipping point, which is really two, three months away, I see, get over that tipping point, then the good stuff starts to gather momentum. Yes, it will be incredibly chaotic because the old will collapse even faster. And so everyday 3D life, maybe, you know, it's harder to operate in that. But bring it on. Bring it on. You know, we don't want our history of wars and fighting and poverty and misery for the world population to continue as it has. I mean, that's, who would want that? Who would want that? So let's focus on love and just getting over that pivot point in the seesaw. I can't wait. Hope that's helped you a ton to say in the next update video. Um, so really focus on your new intention for yourself and new earth at this total solar eclipse. And thanks so much for listening. God bless. Bye for now.
Inner Light from Jonathan Goldman. So we can expect another eclipse in a couple of days' time. Uh, it will cover New Zealand, as you heard. And um, as she said, it's a change, time of great change when we go traffic lights and all that silly business. Now, regular listeners will know that over the years, um, I was taught by Abraham and the groups in America have carried on that tradition and all across America, Esther and Jerry Hicks last week we had. Um, and now the group that I was involved in, because I've been speaking at their conferences <laughs> when I could get out of the country, um, and this came up from a couple of days ago, and this is our friend Abraham. It was a whole lesson, but um, unfortunately we've run out of day today. Um, but I'll just give you the opening of, of his, his question and answers to the team that were there, which is all relevant to about all the stuff that's come up today in, in the programme. My friends, centre yourself in the stillness. Feel our presence, the presence of our father, Michael and mother. Know that you are loved and accepted. It becomes easier to realise your place in the family of God as you can feel connected to the spirit. We enjoy your camaraderie, your humour, topics of discussion and sincere reflection. Know that this process of seeking communion with others' personalities is an end into itself and whenever two or more are gathered, our Creator joins that union in the sincere desire to harmonise one's talents and understandings with another's. If you recognise this, that you are eventually to unify with all personality, then you can understand that any difficult or challenging conversations that you defer or put off are merely delays in the inevitability of universal unity. Better it would be that at this stage of your awareness to seek to understand and find calm and clarity where possible. Your personality realisation depends on this type of exploration. I do want to point out, however, that not all unification can occur at your present stage of existence, and you are not required to endure deep negative hostility, but that you recognise your attempts to unify have value and are part of your supreme realisation. I am Abraham. I chose this topic this evening because I know you have variously grappled with issues such as these. And during my mortal existence, I was less than tolerant of different opinions and beliefs. Know that as you grow beyond your mortal existence, you will have the opportunity to understand and fine-tune your relations and how you relate with one another. But I encourage you not to dismiss the opportunities you have here now. Thank you for listening to my discourse. I am present.
I ask the question of the God Universal Consciousness. Why are things such a mess? They are not. Things are not a mess. People are simply showing who they are. People who are afraid go into fear and then try to convince everyone else that what they fear is real and true. On the other hand, there are those who believe that this is all a wonderful opportunity to grow, to come together, to give all of their love to a virus, to assist it into a high vibration, as if it were a loving being and just a wayward child. All is energy, all is consciousness, all at its core is love. And so in every moment you have a choice to make, you have multiple choices, you want to work with your creative power to create peace, love, joy all around you, or you will emanate how you are feeling. Peace is only a single thought away, a single shift of focus. Love that which seems unlovable. Let me repeat, love that which is, seems unlovable. Within. Kakite, Shalom, Namaste, Masalam. May your God go with you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.